Yes, a very good morning, everyone. I'm sure it's a blissful morning if you're a Collingwood supporter after their premiership victory yesterday. Hope you're doing well, nursing a few hangovers or just recovering from the night before. Probably the one less hour of sleep didn't help due to daylight savings coming in, but it's been a big weekend of sport and still a lot of sport to come. The NRL Grand Final tonight. Hot conditions in Sydney. It could be the hottest ever NRL Grand Final. The Penrith Panthers going for three premierships in a row. They take on the Brisbane Broncos, who, of course, are looking to really turn things around and make a complete turnaround after being wooden spooners only a few years ago. This is a Betfair Edge. Betfair is on your side this spring. Chances are you're about to lose. Damien Watson filling in this morning for Miles Fitzner. We wish him well. And the man joining us to my left, as a matter of fact, is the great Thomas Haylock. Good morning, Demo. Morning, Tommy. How was your night last night? In fact, the last two nights. Oh, the one hour's lack of sleep really cost me. Daylight savings. Yeah. Um, losing an hour, that can get in the lay bin. But I'm happy daylight savings here. Um, we lost a Premier during the week. Dan Andrews is gone, but we've mm. got a replacement. Collingwood. Yes. Uh, Premiers, what a match that was. What a weekend of sport uh, we have this weekend. And kudos to all the Collingwood supporters out there and the team and McRae. And um, what a what a game. Where do you think it stands amongst the great grand finals of all time? Happy to hear it off the text machine as well. 0499736736. Had to be up there, wouldn't it? It was a pendulum swigging game. Unbelievable. Uh, I was lucky enough to be there. Uh, phenomenal game of football. It's hard to really get a gauge on how good the game was at the game, at the ground, in terms of um, I, I would like to see it again and dissect it before I make calls about whether it's the greatest grand final ever and whatnot. Um, but being at the ground, it was a clear, clear, um, clear reason why these two teams were there on grand final day. They put on an exceptional display of football. It was brilliant. Brilliant match, uh, great skills, and clearly the best two teams of the year, I thought, Damo. Most yep. consistent anyway, and they demonstrated that on Saturday. So uh, well done to both Brisbane and Collingwood. They put on a, a fantastic show. Before we discuss the match itself, how about the celebrations amongst the Collingwood supporters last night? Did you catch any on your way home? Luckily enough, I avoided it at all costs, Damo. <laughs> avoided um, the town. <laughs> I uh, sat at the G for a little while and left and... Um, Tried to avoid it. There wasn't too much, too much around. It does annoy you when there's Collingwood. Like, if you're a Brisbane supporter, I said I'm an Adelaide supporter. So if Adelaide lost a grand final, I'm not walking around in Melbourne putting up with Collingwood supporters yelling at me, and especially wearing Brisbane gear. I'd be straight home or taking the crow stuff off at least. I don't need to get harassed by Collingwood supporters. Um, so, yeah, you, you try and avoid them, especially if you're a Brisbane fan. What was your selection or your thought coming into the game? I actually tipped Collingwood by five points, and I backed oh. Collingwood by five, five points. So that's a oh, bad beat. One point away. Bad, bad beat early. Um, I backed Collingwood one to nine. I thought Brisbane were the value in the match, but I thought Collingwood would win. So um, I actually did the beauty of Betfair. I backed Brisbane at 220 and, and laid them in, in play, and I set that price before the, the match, thinking they would at least be competitive and trade shorter at various stages. And you can do that on Betfair, which is fantastic. So 
Uh, it panned out pretty close to how I expected. I thought Collingwood would win in a close one, and that's that's what happened. What did you make of the pre-match entertainment with Kiss as well? Oh, they're on the backboard, Damo. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. I came in. I couldn't have. This um, might show. I don't know. Show how silly I am, but I couldn't have named you a Kiss song. Really? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, I know. And then they start playing, and you, oh, you, I was you, made for loving you. Yes. Shout oh, out I know. Loud. I know them all. I just forget oh. them. Oh. Um, and then when they start playing, it was fantastic. Guy. Oh, I loved it. They, um, gee, the pyrotechnics and the, the flames. Gee, they would have been hot. I know. It would have been better probably at night with some of the fireworks. Well, but that, that's the argument for a night grand final demo. You're backing or laying a night grand final. Now, the thing is, it's all about the game itself. I mean, the entertainment should be, I guess, an entree. And it was an itself. entree. The, yeah. the game was, or last year it wasn't. Robbie Williams was the main event <laughs> last right. year. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's, the, the main event clearly was the two teams. And what a show they put on. Uh, I loved Kiss. I thought they were fantastic. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Well, what about the atmosphere itself? 100,024 people in the end attending. Unbelievable crowd. Uh, a fantastic atmosphere. It's um, Preliminary finals are probably a better atmosphere because it's more supporters. There are a lot of corporates at, at grand final days. So um, there were a couple of, I don't know how to put it, uh, crazy supporters near me, which were... Quite annoying and shouting out um, abuse and they got mm. told to, to go away. But um, <laughs> not by me, but a few people were, yeah. were arcing up. But uh, great atmosphere, 100,000 at the G. Um, you couldn't ask for anything more. All right, what about the analysis? And how did the market fluctuate as well? It's interesting because it was a fluctuating type of game, a pendulum swinging game. That, to me, makes it one of the best modern grand finals of all time. I know a lot of people talk about 1989, and rightly so. I think it's great for different reasons because of the fortitude of the players under a lot of physical pressure. A lot of players got injured, but Hawthorne were up by six goals for much of that 89 grand final against the Cats, and then Geelong made that late run. This was a genuine pendulum swinging game where the momentum changed hands so often. Yeah, there's been some brilliant grand finals. Uh, West Coast Sydney back in the day, those grand yeah, finals were a bit were defensively minded in my view. The 05 one, great yes, finish, but yeah. defensive game. This is true. This had everything, and the skill level on show. Some of the goals kicked were unbelievable um, early in that first yeah, quarter. Bailey, as well. that, I was down that down that end of the ground, and Bailey's two goals, um, the skill shown was <laughs> extraordinary. And that's probably a moment I'll never forget. I loved his first goal because he was running the wrong way and he deliberately put it on the outside of his yes. boot and it curled curled the right way. And I was right in eye shot of that and could see it curling back beautifully. And the other one, um, to get around the two players. And um, first of all, the smother on Cox yes. got that and then rewarded for his hard work. So that was outstanding. Um, the fluctuations. Brisbane got into a dollar fifty-two in the run. That was their low. You know this, the precise moment, or is it just sort of? Uh, no, thirteen points up midway through the second term. Right. So they got into a dollar fifty-two. Pies maxed at two dollars seventy-two. Um, so that was their highest, um, highest price there. Opened at a dollar seventy-three. Uh, Collingwood, Brisbane opened at two twenty-nine. Bobby Hill, talking point. Oh What yes. a match from him! Four goals in the first quarter. Had a couple of opportunities late to really put a dent and finish Brisbane. And he missed them and he passed one off to Pendlebury as well. But Hill matched $150, a high Ooh. price in the Norm Smith markets. Um, there wouldn't have been much traded, surely. You wouldn't have predicted Hill. No, you? I don't think many people would have. I had Bobby Hill first goal and he kicked four in the first 
half and I didn't get it. <laughs> that sums, sums up my day. Murphy's Law. It's amazing, yes. isn't it? Because I remember during the very quiet trade period we had, I think from memory it was in 2021, and probably the biggest talking point out of that trade period, because most of the deals were done earlier, was Bobby Hill. And everyone's like, oh, this is a really boring trade period. And the only person we're talking about is Bobby Hill. He's ended up winning an Oldsmith medal and standing up on grand final. Imagine though. how GWS would have gone this year with Bobby Hill, Taranto, Hopper. It's well, amazing. So many stories as well. Uh, look at Markov, for instance. He was at the crossroads only at the start of the year. He was talking post-game on AFL Nation actually yesterday saying he was in a bit of stress at the start of the year with his partner, not knowing where his income was going to come from. Yeah, there's always some amazing um, amazing stories to come out of finals and, and grand finals and footy seasons. That one, That's one of them. Um, how about McRae? Had a baby the same day and won a premiership. And what about the announcement as well at the post game? That's I haven't very, seen that. very what well. Was that? Well, he announced the, the baby in the post match presentation. There you when go. He was made his well, he effectively made then. his speak. I walked off trying to avoid the Collingwood supporters by then. Um yeah, I didn't know that. That's amazing. So what a story that was. Um yeah, Shannon from Bottles Bay said the 2005-2006 grand finals were different because worse well played man on man, different to zonal defence and flooding. Yep. Um, that's an interesting one. Obviously, Collingwood West Coast. Um, that, 2018. That yeah. tight finish, that was a brilliant grand final as well. But I loved yesterday, everything about it. Two best teams for the year. They were deservedly so um, and deservedly there on the day and they put on a great spectacle. Absolutely right. And the last quarter, absolutely frenetic as well. Mentioned Bobby Hill being a big contributor, but so many contributors across the park for Collingwood. Pendlebury, I think, really stood up at side bottom, utilising their experience in the last quarter, maybe in the second half in general, it's fair to say. Crisp, underrated player in my view, set up and initiated a lot of attacks, kicked a couple of goals himself as well. Three clutch players for Collingwood, and they're the ones that got him over the line. Crisp? Yep. Side bottom? Yeah. And goey. If you could pick two players to have shots on goal in the last quarter to win your grand final... At Collingwood, it'd be side bottom and Dugowie, I reckon. Yeah, and this is the thing. I think people underestimate the impact of Dugowie's goal in the last quarter because Charlie Cameron kicked the goal to put Brisbane in front and the momentum could have easily swayed the other way. In the end, Dugowie responded pretty much within 30 seconds that and it just match. stifled the momentum. It seemed like that happened throughout the whole match. Every time Brisbane got a sniff, got close to winning, Collingwood got close to, to putting on a big margin and gaining momentum, Collingwood got a centre clearance to kick the goal. And just arrested momentum back their way. And Collingwood were brilliant. To go, his goal was superb. And then side bottom. No one, no one at the ground thought he could get that trip. But he mm. flushed it. And um, what a brilliant goal that was. Who wins the 2024 grand final? That's the question. <laughs> Is the market open already? Betfair's got Collingwood $5. Um, Brisbane $7. Carlton $8.40. Melbourne $9. So who's your pick there, Damo? Well, I'm one of those people that, in a logical sense, goes for the reigning premier. Because what else have you got to measure upon? Um, so I'm with Collingwood. And yes. they still have a lot of youth on their side. I know that uh, they, they relied on a lot of their experienced players yesterday. but Any retirements? Penderbury side bottom go around again? Mm, be interesting with side bottom in particular. You don't want to lose, both don't lose good both. players. They are. But you don't also want to lose them both at the same time. Mm. So they might try and stage that. I don't know. Um, I think Brisbane have got to be a, a huge show. I think they can finish on top next year. They can still improve. Yeah, I know a lot of people saying their window is closing, but there's still a very good unit, a well-balanced unit. Yep. You just feel for the supporters, though. I mean, they had a straight sets exit in 2019. They had a great chance in 2020 when vast majority of the finals were played in Brisbane, and they bowed out in the prelim after a good first final victory over Richmond that year. 
lost opportunities in 21 and 22 as well. A bit like Port Adelaide in the early 2000s when they had a multitude of opportunities and just couldn't quite finish off in finals. Yeah, spot on. And you've got to make uh, hay while the sun shines, as they say, and they've got to win it, win one now. They were, yeah. Gee, they were good yesterday. Yeah. They're small forwards. Unbelievable. Then that was That's what kept them in the game. The player that probably doesn't get heralded as much either in the Victoria media, McCluggage. I thought he was fantastic yesterday. And in the last quarter, he set up that goal for Danaher, really kept it in while he was in a confined space in the four pocket when he was outnumbered. Managed to obviously affect a passage of play where it was centred to Danaher and it gave them every possible chance to try and clinch it. I want to talk about Danaher. Um, We'll touch on the Brownlow as well coming up in the show, Damo. But Danaher on the backboard for me... um, He's often been accused and maligned for not using his size and his body and um, probably taking games with the scruff of the neck and, and actually asserting himself on the contest. Yesterday early, it was noticeable. I don't know what it was like on TV, but he got the ball and took on tackles, barged through, got handballs out. I thought he stood up and really set the tone for Brisbane early. And for a player to do that on the big stage after being maligned a little bit in, mm. in that circumstance, I thought he was brilliant. Even his accuracy as well under pressure. Yep. Everyone will remember the goal. He, he kicked one. late. He missed one late too. Yeah, I know. But well, he's not alone in that respect. No. And Collingwood had their opportunities in fairness as well. Yes. I mean, when you look at the scoring shots and the differential there, you can make the argument that Collingwood should have won by two or three goals. Yeah, Collingwood, I feel, had a lot of opportunities. They had a lot of shots fall slightly short as well, and mm. they were rushed through. So I think they could have lowered their eyes at times as well and, and chipped and found but a shorter This target. is the thing. They don't have the conventional or quintessential key forward, do they? And they, still managed to win a, they still managed to win a premiership without one. But I that, know Majacek sort of plays that role, but he's not your conventional key forward. That was the query with Frampton coming in, with whether they could kick a winning score against Brisbane if it was a shootout. And at halftime, it was a shootout, and they were winning. It was... Probably didn't go to script in that regard. Um, and most people thought if Collingwood would win, it would be a lower scoring match. And, and um, if it was high scoring, and, the, and the, obviously the weather was conducive to a high scoring match yeah. and, and high skill level. But if it was 100 points each, most people would have tipped Brisbane. Yeah, I think so. Mm. And obviously the warmer weather plays a factor as well because the Lions would be used to the warmer weather yeah. more so than Collingwood. But fitness obviously played a part. And you got to, I think, give credit to the Collingwood's well, effectively, their coaching staff and their high-performance unit as well. Because it was one of the hotter grand finals. Not the hottest of all time. 2015, I think, was the hottest of all time. Hawthorne v. West Coast. And then there was 87 as well. But Gee, your memory's good. Well, you remember the, what the weather was like in 1987? Well, I wasn't born then. But I, <laughs> I know it was warm because Michael Tuck wore a short-sleeve Guernsey. And he never wore a short-sleeve Guernsey. Like Ginevan yesterday, he, he usually wears the long sleeve and he wore the short sleeve. What did you make, actually? He was at the races on I Friday night him. at the Valley. Oh, I didn't see him. And he it... had a go at the critics. And I suppose, fair enough, he's a premiership player. What do you make of all of that, a given of you're my, a racing man? A couple of my mates. I was at a track at Mooney Valley on Friday night. And what Big a, atmosphere. What too. a great crowd that was. We can talk about that after the break as well. But, uh, yeah, what do we make of him at the footy, at uh, the races? I don't have a problem with it. I, honestly, like, if he's, what else is he going to do? Yeah, just sit there and be anxious and stare sit at, at home the wall and home. start thinking about his performance in the next day. I yeah. mean, as long as he's not drinking and not staying out too late and behaving himself. Yeah, what's correct. The deal? Yeah, correct. I don't have a huge problem with it. It might not be a good look, and I don't know if Collingwood would be wrapped with him at the races the night before a grand final. But I think play on if you're going to do it throughout the regular season. Why not? Yeah, I'd probably be more disappointed in the fact that he had a snapshot when he probably should have gone with a drop punt. Just want to know if he had any had a winner on the punt. 
<laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Well, that's another discussion point as well. A couple of shorties that got up on Friday night at the Valley. 0499736736 to text in. Just quickly before we head to the break, do you know that was Collingwood's 1600th win in their VFL AFL history yesterday? And that's their 16th premiership. And they equal, who are they? Carlton? Carlton and Essendon. Carlton and Essendon at 16 apiece. So, uh, Scary. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Unbelievable. We'll talk more about the AFL grab final. Message and of course, in the lay bins, Damo. Yes. What's the number again? Zero four double nine seven three six seven three six. What do you want to put in the lay bin? Zero four double nine seven three six seven three six to text in. You're listening to the Betfair Edge. Betfair is on your side this spring. Chances are you're about to lose. It's time for the lay bin. If you want to send in your nominations as to what to throw in the lay bin, 0499736736. This is the Sunday Betfair Edge. Betfair is on your side this spring. Chances are you're about to lose. Damien Watson joined by the Baron of Betfair, Tommy Haylock. Tommy, what's your first nomination? You, Damo, you're in the lay bin, playing the Collingwood theme song at the top of the show. Oh, you've got to cater for your audience. There's probably a lot of people driving to all the celebrations at the AIA Centre and things like that. Yeah, there's also a lot of people at home that are sick of that song. So you're in the lay in demo? No, I, I disagree with that. I think you've got to give. You got. Are you allowed to disagree with the nomination? No. Oh, okay. All no, right. It's my show. Looks like uh, <laughs> you paid for it. Clearly. Uh, what else you got for us, mate? You got a couple? Yeah, I do. A couple of the Collingwood supporters driving home last night. I saw. Uh, it's funny. I was driving home and I saw a number of cops milling around. I'm thinking, oh, what's going on here? Yeah. And um, there's a car effectively smashed into a parked car on the side of the road. What do you think the people sitting alongside it being questioned by the cops were wearing? Oh, no. Collingwood scarves. Like, you're allowed to celebrate, but don't go into the parked cars, Collingwood supporters. Obviously, drive responsibly. And drink responsibly. Drink responsibly if that was the cause. Who knows? But um, this big screen in the uh, SEN studio here, mate, what's happened to it? That's in the lay bin. It's it's one of those nine TVs put together, nine screens together. Yes, massive screen. Only three of them are working. Yeah, and it's the top three as well, so you can't see what's going on. Get in the lay bin. All right. Is that one for Hutchie, is it? Uh, (laughs) Don't mention his name. (laughs) He's tuning in now. No, I'm just Um, joking. I've got a mate who we were watching a race um, the other day, and... This horse crossed the line. It was very well backed. It won easily. And after the race, he said, yeah, I spoke to the owner and the trainers and they said it's a really good horse. Literally 12 seconds after they crossed the line. You could have told me that before the race, mate. <laughs> Get in the lay bin. Yeah, but everyone's the ducks of the class when oh. it comes to hindsight, aren't they? Get in the la- Information after the event. Get in the uh, lay bin. All right. Oh, I'm going to pot some of the critics of Jack Ginnivan, actually. I know we mentioned it before, going yes. to the races on a Friday night. I don't think there's anything wrong as long as he didn't drink or do anything inappropriate well, or stay out too late. I don't even care if he had, had a beer. If that's his normal... I probably not no, condoned by the club. I wouldn't but, say that. But uh, there's nothing wrong with care. attending the races until, say, 10 p.m. when the card's finished. He what do you want to do? Just sit there and be anxious and stare at the Who's been getting stuck into it? Well, it was on the social media, you know, people saying he shouldn't be out at the races the night before. Yeah. So some of the critics could get in the lay bin and maybe get a life. Sound a bit harsh, doesn't it? <laughs> um, an early nomination from the producer here. Running clubs, they're in the lay bin. Oh, really? I have this. I have this oh, come on. They're allowed to exercise. Nah, nah. As long as they don't get in the way of the cars. Not the morning after the grand final. 
Get in the way of the cars. There's quite a few of them, actually. Yeah, what are you doing? Have a sleep in, guys. I'm running clubs and runners Sunday morning. We try and get to the studio. They're everywhere. I'm a runner on Sunday morning. Well, nothing wrong with exercising. Maybe if you're a bike or a cyclist, basically, and (laughs) you're on the bike and getting in the way of a car, maybe, but not a runner on the path. They stick to their own lane. What about runners that don't look before they cross roads? They just expect that cars will stop for them? No, cars yeah. pull up. Yeah, I think that's more path? that's more of an Australian thing. If you go to Europe where you were probably about three or four weeks ago, it's a bit different. It's the pedestrian that has to give way to the driver. <sighs> Possibly. You got anything else for us for the lab-in demo? Oh. There's a couple off the text here. Yes, so we might get to those. PJ says, I lay in demo for not understanding tags as slang. Well, I don't know about double entendres all that much. It goes straight <laughs> over my head. Oh, I miss that. Lab-in, Bobby Hill told over thir- 20 mates for first goal. And he had a chance before Nick and kicked the second goal. I agree, Roy. I backed him. Filthy. What about the umpire? How do you they... kick four of the first half and, yeah, and I don't oh, collect? The boys won a Norm's fifth better. We can't be too critical. At 150s on Betfair, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Can't be too critical of him, I think. Uh, what about the umpiring? Do they deserve to get into the lab? And that's been a bit of a talking point. The umpires, point. yes. Um, someone's texted in about this, actually. Shannon said... Question, lads. Umpires are known for putting the whistle away during the last five to ten minutes of a grand final. However, they figured heavily this year. Thoughts? I was a neutral fan, so it didn't bother me who won. What was your take on it? Well, I think the advantage the adjudication shouldn't have been paid. Probably should have gone back to Neil after how he is, was How is that advantage? Didn't he well, kick it over a... his shoulder? I was down the other end of the ground. Well, Neil should have been given the free kick because he was legged after he disposed yes. of it. Okay. Or as he was disposing of it. So and then Bailey ended up kicking the ball at, in unison, basically. I think as the umpire blew the whistle and then just paid the advantage straight away. They wouldn't have had an opportunity. How is that advantage? Wouldn't have had an opportunity to even hear the whistle. The crowd was that loud as well. Got to take that into consideration. But look, at the end of the day, I don't want to go too hard on the umpires. No, well, I thought it was a bit disappointing, but um, yeah, it's the nature of I think the finals. And- a lot of the criticism actually came about due to frees that weren't being paid. Throughout the day. And Nick Dacos frees. He copped a few frees. He goes to ground and gets tackled high. And he actually falls. Unlike Toby Green last weekend, who just lowered his body. Well, that was a blatant high one, that wasn't was it, last that week was ridiculous. on Toby Green? So how does, how does that not get paid? And then this week, Nick Dacos gets the free kick, even though he did it on Toby Green. Um, it's the inconsistencies. Uh, yep. A little frustrating at times, but what do you do? No, I think I it swings wanna... around roundabouts. I agree with Jordan Bannister. It's a hard job. He tweeted that out. Of course, has umpiring experience himself as well as playing experience. Yep. And he was in staunch defense of the umpires. Yep. So, Sean yeah. from uh, Perth, WA. G'day, boys. Something that has to go in the lay-in. Average punters hogging the tab machines, putting on 10-leg multis on a Saturday race day in the lay-in. Yeah, those Sean. people that sit at the EBTs. I was at a pub once and a guy put up a chair to the EBT. Yeah. Literally sat at a chair at the machine. That's in the lay bin. How do they go on grand final day? <laughs> do a lot of people do, do they? I suppose it's not really a focus as much. What's that? Well, when they stand around the machines, everyone does it on their phone these days. Yeah, download the Betfair app. There's some cool <laughs> things on the Betfair app. Yes. We've um, got expert tips up there. So um, SEN might have a few tips. The Sunday Betfair Edge will have a few tips at demo if you like yep. anything. So and there's the data font to look forward to as well. There is the data font to look forward to. So we're the fifty thousand dollar prize pool. Really? Um, for spring racing. So head over to betfair.com.au forward slash hub. 
forward slash datathon, and you can find out some details about that. It's coming up very soon. So um, $50,000 prize pool if you're a data modeler. Even if you don't know much about data modeling, have a read and chance to win 50000 It's really good because there's an investment there on punters, which is not common for the industry, which is great. Some education and um, an investment on wagering, which is unlike unheard of, really, in the yep. industry. Absolutely. So get behind that. I'll throw a positive slant to the break. We'll, I, think I just, we'll I just want to go yeah. to the, the umpires again. Sorry, okay, just yep. another text. The first bounce. Oh, yes. Do that's you think they idea. should eradicate the bounce altogether? <laughs> Maybe uh, that's one for the lay-bin. In fairness. We can ask that on socials, can we? Um, Courtney can do that. Yeah. Ask the socials. Eradicate the bounce. We're backing or laying bounces. Well, it was an anti-climax at the end, wasn't it? Everyone builds it up was. to the first bounce. He's going to be thinking about that, the umpire, for the next... Six months. How bad would he have felt? <laughs> I know. How In fairness bad? to him, though, I wish we had a market on it too. Go back to the 1989 grand final. I don't want to what bag is Peter with you Carey. And... <laughs> but... You weren't even born, mate. You were in the weather in 1987. You took. Yeah, but I've seen the replay. Very good. Yeah, but everyone sees the replay. You're a star. The opening bounce of the 89 grand final wasn't all that great either. It's I... just we didn't have the rules where you recall it. I can't. I can't remember that, mate. To be honest, I was so, two. There. Uh, off the SMS, Dolly. Morning, guys. I backed Bobby Hill for the Norm Smith, but only got 100 to 1. Robbed. Yeah. Instead head of 150 to 1. Head over to traded, <laughs> traded higher than that. You missed out, Dolly. Dolly would be the only one that would have uh, probably tipped I just that. saw someone on socials have 20 on him at 100. Really? On, on Twitter or X or whatever it's called now. So, well done to them. 101. Hey, $19 on it. Smart judges out there. Luck, say. I think. More than smart. Or do they, they just put well. 20 on it? Do you just put on 20 on every player if you have that? amount in your bank account and so just hope something gets up at big odds. Backboard Miles, he tipped uh, Isaac Smith last year. Just My point is that we had a Isaac Smith who was $60 last year yes. and Bobby Hill at 150 this year. Been bad for the punters, the Norm Smith, the last couple of years. Yeah. Well, it's no surprise, I think, to a suit. It's a bit like Melbourne Cup winners. How often does a favourite win? How often does a player that kicks four win a Norm Smith too? Mm. doesn't happen that often. Yeah. It's an um, interesting one. Didn't, uh, but no big possession accumulated. No, there yesterday. wasn't. Bailey twenty nine was the Bailey highest. Fritch kicked six and didn't win it. Yeah, um, well, well, that was such a high scoring game. Sometimes it's not all about the goals, but I think in this instance it's a little bit. He different. had the biggest influence, and he got unanimous votes. Correct, uh, vast majority. Anyway, all right, we'll take a break for the news. Betfair is on your side this spring. Chances are you're about to lose. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday morning and recovering well as well. This is the Betfair Edge. Big welcome back to the Betfair Edge on this Sunday morning. Damien Watson joined by Tommy Haylock. Betfair is on your side this spring. Chances are you're about to lose. Daylight savings come into effect, Tommy. And uh, I noticed Sandy Roberts was on the front bar during the week, which is a well-known program, particularly in the southern states. This is one of my favourite. I love Sandy, by the way, but this is one of my favourites from back in the day. Before I say goodnight, don't forget, put the clocks back and watches back one hour before you go to bed tonight. And... Uh, in fact, don't put them back one hour. Put them <laughs> forward one hour. That's how confused I am about daylight savings. Yeah, uh, good old Sandy Roberts. I'm Sandy. always confused. Legend. He's absolute legend. Yeah. Um, how'd you go Monday night with the Brownlow? Damo? Yeah, I didn't have anything on Lockie Neal and didn't back him in the end. I was with the Bont and didn't yep. quite get there. Nick Dacos, I mean, if he wasn't injured... So one of those he things wins in it. hindsight, yeah. Um, what well under Miles who tipped Lockie Neal again? Yes, uh, he's done well there. So shout out to him. Hope everything's going well for Milo at the moment. Thoughts uh, with him and his family. Um, what did you make of Errol Goulden when he got forty-one disposals in the last round? And 
that was his. Didn't poll as well as. Uh, <laughs> so on the Betfair Exchange, obviously, we the trading throughout the Brownlow count Monday night, he was $440 mm. into $5.10 in three or four rounds. Mm. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Some of the voting was um, obviously contentious and well spoken about yes. and uh, discussed no, at length. Nothing's as bad as when Greg Williams accumulated 44 disposals in a game for Carlton against Melbourne in 1993. He didn't pull a vote. Amazing. That cost him the brown light. Amazing. There's a few of them. I think McLeod kicked three or and had 30-odd against North Melbourne in a winning side and didn't yeah. get three or something like There's so much talk about that. What are you um, going to do? There's Jason Horn-Francis one was fascinating. 13 yeah. possessions, 70% efficiency and three tackles, I think, and got three. Um, <laughs> what's interesting, Damo, and people might not know this, four umpires now. I would have thought it would you'd get less mistakes with four umpires, but the emergency umpire can actually watch the screen and there's no emergency umpire now. So they would actually have a, more of an insight into the stats. Mm. But then you, you, have a var- you have a variation of opinions, though, the more you have in terms of umpires. Yeah, but I would have thought you'd come to it. But they just don't see the stats, whereas the emergency umpires might have used the, the screens to see the stats anyway. But is it a great thing to see the stats? <coughs> I think statistics play an I'm, important I'm happy, part, but they I'm don't happy. tell the entire tale. I'm happy that they don't see the stats. I mm. don't mind it. But yeah. Horn Francis getting three votes there it makes you question. Um, the process a little bit. Um, I've there's a few people that have said they would like to see the conversation after the room of the empires. That oh. would be good footage after, not obviously during the year, but after the year. Yeah, that would be good. Would you like to see that? Four umpires discussing who got votes. Maybe there could be a someone to vet that in case there's corruption going. Oh, not not that that would no, happen. No, I'm thinking but I'm just it probably saying. is filmed. But yeah, there, there must be, be some sort of there be cameras in the room. I don't know how it all works to be honest, but. I yeah. would like it filmed. You could start a Netflix doco on umpires. <laughs> Umpiring drive to survive for the umpires. What a uh, riveting show that'd be. I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> who wins the who wins the Brownlow next year? That's the question, Damo. Day cost six sixty, Lockie Neal sixteen dollars. Bonts about that eleven dollar mark. Petraka, Oliver, they're all there. Errol Golden's high up in markets. Cripps obviously polled very well again. Cripps, so even though he didn't have as dominant a season as many would have expected, but yeah, well, day cost did, would have to be up there. Neither did Lockie Neal. Yeah, true. By his own admission, he said he had a yeah. worse season than last year. Uh, obviously, the biggest sporting event today. NRL Grand NRL Final. NRL Grand Final. And Who, I'm glad they are paying tribute to Tina Turner as well. 30 years since she played the pre-match entertainment, and she passed away earlier this year. So probably that's simply the best campaign. Probably changed rugby league for the better, and probably the biggest change in growing the market How ever. are they paying tribute? I think they get. I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but they're yeah, going right. to do something apparently. Um, Penrith, a dollar sixty-six on Betfair to Comedy Brisbane Broncos, two dollars fifty. The Clive Churchill Medal, Cleary, three seventy-five favourite. Yes. Reese Walsh, seven dollars sixty. Reynolds, ten dollars. Dylan Edwards, thirteen. Haas, thirteen fifty. Um, and the fourteen dollars or more. The rest. Have you got an opinion on the the final? Who wins? I'm going to back Pembroke in. Be one of the great performances. The first three peat in about forty years. Parramatta, of course, the last to pull off that particular feat in rugby league in Australia. And could have easily been four had they beaten the Melbourne Storm back in 2020. Although they gave away a 22 to nothing yeah. <laughs> halftime lead in that grand final. Yeah, I'll go with the Panthers. They've been the more consistent side this year. The Broncos have been a great story. They've captured the imagination of Queenslanders in general, and it's been a big turnaround for them. They were wooden spooners a few years ago. They should have made the finals last year. They were in the box seat and had two horrid losses in the final two home and away rounds and missed the finals. So 
to have the tenacity to recover from that and the resilience as well has been fantastic. And I think it's good for the game, but I'll go with Pembroke. Hot conditions, though, will be an interesting factor. Apparently forecast top 36, 37 degrees in Sydney today. I know it's been played at night time, but still very, very warm. That's warmer than any AFL grand final temperature in history. (laughs) You'd know. Yeah. Um, That's that's about Good luck to both clubs. I have no strong opinion. I think. Do you have any of... sentimental attachment? Would you want to no, see, do you hate New South Wales and you want the Broncos? No, I don't really care. Um, I think Broncos are a better story. Penrith have been there and done it. But three in oh, a row, three in a three row, row is pretty, pretty special. So, um, James, morning boys. I had a great start of the week with the Brownlow. Backed Neil seven times during the year, partly thanks to the Betfair Edge. Laid off during the night was a great count. Well done, James. Yeah, James. Amazingly, round 14 on in the actual count throughout the year, Lockie Neal was $24, between $23 and $30 in around, around 14. On the night, he was $2.10. Yeah. That shows you the predicted votes throughout the year compared to where he was at around 4. Amazing. It's funny, isn't it? Because certain players stand out. A lot of people were talking about Rosie and Butters as well. But sometimes, if you have a multitude of contributors, they can cancel each other out. Yes, and he just pulls votes. He's so clean. Well yeah. done, Lockie Neal. Absolutely right. What about the racing on Friday night? You, you touched on great crowd at the Valley, effectively there. And I know the weather obviously helps in that respect, but saw two genuine stars of the turf. Apparently we'll stay in Victoria as well. So good to see a big crowd at Mooney Valley. Um, the atmosphere was great. We had DJs. Uh, ben Allen was a DJ, jockeys, wasn't he? Jockeys DJing. Yes. Ben Allen was DJing throughout the night. Unbelievable scene. Got scenes. the uh, peroxide hair, I noticed, He's got too. the peroxide hair. Damien Lane got out there after the last and yeah. was on stage. With, it was all happening at Mooney Valley. You wouldn't see that at uh, Flemington. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was It was something different out there. It was great. Uh, what a night. We saw two stars of the turf, obviously. And they had a huge um, weighting of money as well. So um, Imperatrice was outstanding. Amelia's Jewel. So Amelia's Jewel carried 70% of the market share um, in her win. And she was fantastic. And obviously the Moya Imperatrice, that was some win. Track was flying, wasn't it? It was a very fast track. <clears throat> the, the ride by Lane um, on Amelia's Jewel to get Amelia's Jewel settling outside lead. Uh, I laid, <laughs> silly enough, I laid Amelia's Jewel at $1.35. Mm-hmm thinking she would be back in the run and a firm track. I would have that bet every day of the week still. It was just the ride was the difference. Incredible, incredibly fast time. Um, it's amazing. I had a few bets that I would have again on the weekend, um, but they all lost. So mm. just one of those times. Um, just before we head to the break, I just want to touch on Amelia's jewel. Not Will it be the, the next? No, not, I'm talking about Pirates, sorry. I was just going Amelia's to say, jewel. though, it was great to see kids dressing up in the silks of Amelia's jewel. I mean, probably the... Best cult figure to come out of WA since Norvali, the Fighting Tiger. Where will Amelia's jewel stand potentially continues oh. this sort of form? Has that X factor? And the fact that she did it from outside lead as well, it, mm. it shows versatility that you need as good horses. And if they're getting ready for a Cox Plate, if you can settle fourth instead of eighth, you're um, a much better chance. So she she's... I'm not getting carried away. It wasn't the brilliant field, but it was the manner she won um, and the time she run. Even yeah. first up, um, yeah, she's a very good horse. Imperatriz, that was incredible win. Um, I spoke to the jockey of the Inferno after the race, and he said, I was on the back of Imperatriz thinking that we were close to going past and then balanced up and went to another level. And he said, she's a freak. So 
There you go. Yeah, and rightly so too. We'll take a break on the Betfair Edge. Betfair is on your side this spring. Chances are you're about to lose. Gamble responsibly. We'll touch on the Ryder Cup and have a look at the markets for the Cricket World Cup as well. That's going to be something to look forward to over the coming weeks and more footy discussion. Got one more for the backboard after the break too. Fantastic. Welcome back to the Sunday Betfair Edge. Betfair is on your side this spring. Chances are you're about to lose. Let's touch on, firstly, the racing in Sydney yesterday, Tommy, and a couple of starring jockeys and the Epsom and Metrop, of course, highlighting a great day of racing. Yeah, the backboard. Um, Horse racing in general, it's a a sport where females and males can compete on a level playing field. Yes, egalitarian sport. And we saw that with females coming to the fore last or yesterday in the two group once. Kathy O'Hara, brilliant ride, and someone's checked uh, in about this as well. Brilliant ride on Redina um, at about that $10 mark. Good price. Good price, good horse. um, Just got beaten in a a Gosford benchmark 72 or 78 uh, five starts ago, and it's come out and won a... And Epsom, it's amazing what handicaps can do. But well done to Cathy O'Hara. We saw Rachel King with just fine. I think broke the track record there, 2,400 metres. Uh, really fast time. Peak performance by Spirit Ridge, who set the, the tempo and just got gunned down late. Um, great day racing. Waterhouse, four winners. And they trained the first three, Waterhouse and Bot, um, trained the first three in the Breeders' Plate as well for the two-year-olds. So... Um, she won seven trials. Waterhouse and Bot won seven trials and had six place getters out of 12 official two-year-old trials the other day at Kensington. They've come out and trifected the first uh, race for the boys. She works a very hard gay Waterhouse, no doubt about that. You know who's on my backboard? Ange Postacoglu. How good. The Spurs, they're on a roll at the moment. They defeated Liverpool overnight 2-1. They're undefeated. And Man City, of course, suffered their first loss overnight to Wolves 2-1. So... The Ange factor certainly proving pivotal at the moment. And Tottenham, what matched at one hundred and ten dollars on Betfair at one point into as low as fifteen fifty. They're seventeen dollars at the moment. Man City at dollar fifty eight in the Premier League winning market. Liverpool seven forty. Arsenal eight dollars. And Tottenham we mentioned seventeen dollars is doing a great job. This Ange. is their big chance. Tottenham they missed out. Probably their big window was in twenty sixteen, the year Leicester won. And this is probably their biggest chance since if they can continue this sort of form. So a big opportunity for the Spurs. The Ryder Cup, Team USA in fractures at the moment, the it's ropes, fair to say. On the ropes, Yep. On the ropes, Europe, $1.10. I haven't caught much of this because there's been plenty of other sport <laughs> on. Fair enough. Europe, $1.10. There's been eleven, close to $11 million matched in the outright winner, the Ryder Cup on betfair.com.au. Europe, $1.10. The tie, 24 USA, $19. Have you been watching much of the cricket, Damo? Yeah, I know the Aussies were involved in a warm-up game and there's a fair bit going on domestically as well. We had the Marsh One Day Cup during the week and there's a One Day World Cup to look forward to as well. The World Cup obviously coming up. Australia lost five ODIs in a row. They came out and beat India uh, the other night, which was great to see. I think they played Netherlands overnight and Mm. Stark took a hat-trick. So um, the first match for Australia, Sunday the 8th of October, so a week's time. What a match that'll be. India, Australia. India uh, likely to go in as favourites at about that $1.71. Australia, $2.40 currently. But the, the winner market, the outright winner of the World Cup, um, starting on the 5th. India, $3.20. England, $4.80. Australia, $5.80. Pakistan, $8.60 there. I'll be laying Australia at that price. It's un-Australian. Mm. I think India uh, and England, just back them both. I think they'll, uh, I think they'll play off in the final. Okay, I think India are primed at the moment as well, but we'll see what happens. I love the one-day World Cup in general. I think it's a fantastic event. It's got the history, even though it's not massive. Is, is there ever a dull moment? Like every time we think we're going to have a it's heart of spring racing carnival, we've got cricket World Cup on. We this weekend's grand final. Like, 
Such a good time to be alive, don't they? You wouldn't have it any other way, would you? How good? Well, we've got about a minute or so to go. I'm looking forward to the races today. We've had a text in about St. Lawrence at Sandown. Um, got to be a good chance. Big weight there, St. Lawrence, but a handy claim for Carly and Heffel, who's a, not a bad jockey. Antino, the horse that will be, well, everyone will be out to watch, uh, $1.60. Desperately unlucky last start at Flemington. They've sacked the jockey. Blake Shinon uh, looks mighty hard to beat there. It's only two horses can win that race. The feature there at Sandown, the Sandown Stakes. Antonio or here to shock. I think well, one of those will win. I think Antonio wins just yeah. about price. And Blake Shin was in good form on Friday night despite uh, falling off one of the horses during the night. As well. Straight back up. And had a winner. I know. That's incredible. Um, well done to him. Shin and Damien Lane are clearly the, the picks. Um, I think, of the jockeys at the moment in Victoria. So, well done to them. They're flying. Well, as we close, how do you sum up the weekend? It has to be in black and white. In, in one word, big. Respects. It's been a big weekend. Might go home to bed. Um, I'm looking forward to a nap or wake up and watch the NRL Grand Final. And yes. The races this afternoon. Uh, what a what a weekend it has been, Damo. And head over to betfair.com to do for all the action. Absolutely. Betfair is on your side this spring. Chances are you're about to lose. We've got the respective crunch times in the respective markets. Big night ahead with the NRL Grand Final and a lot to unpack from yesterday, Tommy. Appreciate your time as always. Absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed the program and have a fantastic remainder of your weekend. Enjoy the NRL Grand Final tonight.